So, uh, Stella and Evan, did you get a copy of uh, today's script? No, it didn't show up on my desk like usual, delivered by a lowly delivery boy. (laughs) Well, I can forward (laughs) you. I can forward you a digital copy if that is okay. Do you need like a paper? Do you need it on paper in front of you? That's what I prefer. Plus, with my parts highlighted. Oh. Okay, well, I could drive it over. Like, I live not far from you, I guess. Although my... Okay, I'll... Wait, Copyworks is closed. Um, All right, how about this? I will write it out by hand, pencil and paper. Uh, And then I'm sure I have... uh, What color highlighter? Pink, of course. Um, Hang on, let me check my jar of highlighters. Uh... Okay, I got. Well, this is not a highlighter. It is a, and it's not really pink. It's a sharpie, and it's this <laughs> color. This is the closest I've got. Will that That's work a for terrible tonight? Option. <laughs> okay. Well, Evan, Evan, what is that? You, <laughs> what this sharpie? It's just a, yeah. What color is that? What oh, is what it? Does it have a name? Uh, it doesn't say it's, on the marker. That's magenta. Uh, yeah, I, I was gonna say, say magenta, so, yeah. but it's yeah. kind of yeah. Borderline hot pink, I would say. But uh, Evan, did I did get, get a copy. copy? Of this. Okay, all right. Yeah, I got a copy of the script, but I'm like kind of curious. It doesn't seem like it's up to the same standard of quality. Like it, it says on page two, like you're supposed to just say a bunch of stuff that you like kind of half remember and half know about, like really confidently, and yeah, like that's, that's really out of character. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what's going on exactly. Yeah. Well. Okay. Um. You. I'm sure you both know our writers are part of the uh, WGA, the Writers Guild of America, right? Of course, And you may yeah. have seen recent news about about them. No? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, our usual team, uh, they are they're currently striking. Um, of course, we will not be paying them for the time they're on strike, and I've revoked their uh, benefits as well. As I'm sure you agree with those decisions, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, we're not Conan O'Brien's over here paying <laughs> them out of our own pockets. I can't believe you <laughs> let them join a union in the first place. And, you know. Well, you know how strong the, the union is around here in the Iowa podcast industry. Like, they're really, we didn't have any other options. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. There's so many podcasts being produced here that it was pretty hard to find people willing to write uh for no pay (laughs) (laughs) uh what but which is that is what i'm trying i'm trying to do that now i mean we need we need to produce podcast episodes obviously and the our usual writers are on strike so i brought in some well i guess they're scabs as i guess that's the lingo right so that that could they're not as seasoned they're not um, they're not good at this. <laughs> I mean, I I looked through the the scripts for today like a half an hour ago, as I usually do. That's how I prepare. You know, the writers write. They every day they're in the writers' room and they present me with the the script in the morning, and I ignore it until six thirty. But um, yeah, it's not good. Uh, it says well the, at the start it's. They, it says Hard Rock Caucus, first of all. <laughs> they don't actually, they didn't catch the name of the show. <laughs> and uh, 
I don't think we can use this, to be honest. I don't think it's going to work. People are going to be shocked and appalled at the dip in quality. I mean, what they expect from us, what they've come to expect from us is the news. Perfectly polished and delivered with expert takes and professionalism. The utmost in professionalism. We're just going to serve them up a big steaming pile of shit, Justin? Well, I have an idea if you guys want to try this. Would you be comfortable trying to just improvise a podcast today? Mm, I don't know. What about reality podcasts? So, like, I know mm. that you used to do a podcast called Impedecast, where you, like, basically went out in public and just recorded stuff. Yeah. Like, it seems like like what a lot of tv networks are doing they're just kind of falling back on unscripted content yeah so like yeah. maybe we could like go outside or something uh, that's a little too far <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right i don't really like to go outside either <laughs> um i mean we've never done this before but would you be willing to try to improvise the episode today we don't have to release it if it doesn't work out but Next, you're telling me we're going to be citing Wikipedia as a source for these episodes. <sighs> Stella, don't you have a, a degree from Second City uh, <laughs> in improv? <laughs> no, I don't like getting sexually harassed. Why would I have any <laughs> affiliation with oh, Second City? Yeah. I forgot about that part. <laughs> <laughs> She's UCB. Oh, yeah, all the oh, way. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm just going to attempt to intro the show without reading it off a page. All right? In three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to Rock Hard Caucus, Iowa's favorite podcast. My name is Justin Comer, and I'm here tonight with my friends Evan and Stella. And we are going to talk about current events. How's that? That was pretty good for off okay. the cuff. That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like we always do. Let's keep the current energy events. rolling, I guess. Um... I listened to a radio interview that Rita Hart did recently uh, with Clay Masters at IPR. For those of you who maybe don't know, Rita Hart is currently the chair of the Iowa Democratic Party. Um, what else did she do? What, what's her resume? Uh, state senator, gubernatorial running mate of a failed campaign. Uh, a congressional failed campaign as well. Yeah, six votes. Ah, yeah. Co-owner of a family farm, which, uh, as we learned during uh, our conversation with uh, Dr. Chris Jones, farmers are overly represented in Iowa governmental mm. offices. Yes, uh, and. I will once again take partial credit for her electoral loss in 2020 because we did an episode about her state Senate yeah. career and uh, 
we saw, swung that election in favor of Marionette Mellorique's. That's all we do here is <laughs> help help the right wing by attacking the center. That is our purpose. <laughs> uh, but I pulled a, a few clips of of Rita saying things on a morning edition that I thought we might be interested in. So here she is talking about the 2022 uh, midterm elections. The midterms were devastating for us. But thank goodness we could look around the rest of the country and say, well, you know, maybe we got to look here. <laughs> we got to we got to make some changes here. Uh, sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> the midterms were devastating for the Iowa Democrats. But thank goodness we could look around uh, and uh, what does that mean? What did you get from that? Yeah, it's like when your house is on fire, but you look out the window and your neighbor's house isn't on fire. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> and you and think I like, could learn something from God. that. <laughs> <laughs> My house should be more like those other houses. Yeah. Not on fire. <laughs> uh, maybe she explains what she means a little better in this second clip, which is about how the politics of Iowa have changed. Hart says Iowa politics have changed. It used to be that Democrats could run a good candidate because they served on the school board because they, you know, were just good people and people would vote for them on both sides of the aisle. And now it seems like there's the national news has kind of permeated and taken over. And then at the same time, you know, you've got the social media phenomenon and, you know, it just wasn't <laughs> that long ago that everybody had the TV on at 5.30 and 6 o'clock and watched the local and the and the national news. And, and, and now people... You know, who knows where they're getting their news from. All right. There's a lot in that one. Uh, they used to be able to run good candidates and people would vote for them. But now they don't because they're not watching <laughs> TV. <laughs> I, right. <laughs> we got to start running shittier candidates, it sounds like. Yeah. Is she saying that uh. because things are so toxic at the national level that. It's maybe, but I thought we were looking at the national. Thank goodness when we looked at the national yeah. midterms. Yeah, what is her point? <laughs> yeah, we've got to look at the politicians in other states who are doing completely different things to what the uh, Iowa Democrats are doing. When have um, they ever ran candidates that were like exceptionally good people? <laughs> um. I mean, I uh, <laughs> well, they've all lost now. I don't even remember who yeah. was in office. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Dave Lobsack seems fine, <laughs> like on a personal level, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if they've considered like getting on the internet where people are uh, to maybe reach out to them. Yeah, if that's where they could find constituents you know it seems pretty obvious but to leverage that social media phenomenon yeah it just maybe started. they could give flyers to um college students uh, <laughs> or high school students to uh <laughs> give them some good reasons to vote for democrats i you feel know, like I that'll do seen, a lot of good <laughs> i have seen someone trying to do that <laughs> you can put stuff on the flyers like uh Old people vote. Why don't you? 
I one time during the 08 election, I was going door to door trying to get people to sign up for like absentee ballots to vote for Democrats and uh, encountered this 18 year old, newly turned 18, who was registered to vote. And I was like, so what's your plan to vote? You know, are you going to do you want an absentee ballot? Are you going to go down to the polls? And they're like, well, I got extra credit in school um, for registering to vote. So that's the only reason I did it. And I don't want to vote. I have no interest in voting. And I spent like 10 minutes just like begging them, like, come on, you know, you want to vote. They were like, absolutely not. And they were (laughs) right to (laughs) shut the door in my face. (laughs) Did they give a reason or did they just understood that voting is not cool? (laughs) (laughs) They were just not interested in it. They had absolutely, I mean, good for them for like being a good student and getting extra credit to vote but yeah. they were like no this was the beginning and end of all of my political action <laughs> this is my civic engagement <laughs> yes <laughs> uh evan try saying something oh shit oh no <laughs> yeah is our audio engineer on strike too <laughs> well that's me <laughs> <laughs> is that better Mm-hmm. Yes, you're back. Okay, I'm sorry. I had to unplug it and plug it back in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So some uh, some uh, something to do with uh, peop- the way people get news has changed, and that means they're less interested in voting for Democrats. I, I guess. Um, let's let her uh, continue on presenting these theories. In this divided society, how do we talk to each other so that we can agree? on things instead of immediately coming at each other from a point of disagreement, but instead to have conversations that lend us um, to that kind of uh, agreement that we can do better. I'm just going to have to disagree with her right away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It'd be nice if there was like any specific, yeah, any specifics, any (laughs) sort of like, I mean, we all want to agree. That's fine. But I think there's maybe possibly things that are preventing us from agreeing that we kind of need to to settle first. Well, my thing is I would like people to agree with me, whether I agree with Fair. them or not. Right. You know, I would like the government to do That's good things rather than bad things. Yeah. Yeah. Some people just will not budge on that. So uh, a, an important subject considering she is running the Iowa Democratic Party now, is the Iowa caucuses. Um, the pretty much only reason anyone in the country pays attention to the politics of Iowa being first in the nomination process, uh, which is not going to happen for the Democratic Party in 2024. Thankfully, we are keeping the Republican caucuses first, so that'll be a barrel of laughs coming up <laughs> over the next few months. <laughs> But, uh, of course, Clay Masters had to ask Rita, you know, what's going on with the caucuses? Uh, Seems like a lot of your voters don't give a shit about this, but you seem adamant that we need to to push ahead and try to keep the caucuses. Well, here's what she had to say. But when it comes to the caucuses, we're spending as much effort as we can to make sure that we are in a good position to end up with a process that is going to help us to to get more Democrats involved in the process. I'm I'm excited about the fact that we're going to have this mail-in opportunity that um, is going to allow people who have never been able to participate in a caucus before to suddenly 
be able to have their voice heard on who they think should run for president. Now, as far as as things that we don't have a lot of control over, you know, I mean, you know, the DNC is beyond my control. That calendar, I think, is beyond everybody's control. We'll we'll see how that shakes out in the end. But in the meantime, we're going to pay attention to the things that really matter, to the issues that matter, to finding the candidates that are the right candidates because they represent the values that people of Iowa hold dear. And we're going to make sure that they have the resources that they need in order to win those races. We're going to stay focused on the important issues, such as... Do you just selectively edit this, or is there, like, literally no no talk of issues at all, or any of the things, the important things that real Iowans care about shit? Yeah, yeah. Well, so the the whole interview, I think, was, like, five minutes, and I've played, you know, about two minutes from it. So that's almost (laughs) half of it right there. Uh, I remember her saying something about quality education. Did you say abortion? So that's... No, <laughs> not even a euphemism for abortion. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. That seems like a good one that might get young people on board. Yeah. What about like gender affirming care, protecting the rights of trans people in the state or LGBTQ people in the state or, you know, increasing access to child care or health care in the state? Anything like that? Or just I'm excited that the process will include the male. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I should add, um, there was like a, a little coda to that in the uh, episode of Morning Edition. Uh, Clay Masters jumped in to say right at the end, uh, there is a bill on the governor's desk that would uh, mandate physical presence for anyone participating in the caucuses. So if that gets signed, <laughs> that'll fuck up that one thing that she put out. <laughs> <laughs> And we are relying on my memory here, which could be wrong, but no, I don't remember her bringing up any sort of uh, LGBT causes or or healthcare, although I'm a little iffier on that. She may have said something. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Love it. Yeah. And I mean, who knows? Like, maybe she said some really great stuff that didn't make it into the finished product. You know, we know how how audio uh, (laughs) production goes. Sometimes you're... Like your best lines just land on the cutting room floor. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it fills you with a lot of uh, confidence in the the future of the Iowa Democratic Party. As usual, you know, they're always (laughs) knocking it out of the park. I'm inspired, (laughs) frankly. I feel like we can, you know, just take a break because they've got it handled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you want to talk about the the uh really good article that was in the atlantic first or do you want to talk about ron desantis well there's just breaking news about ron desantis that came out um the incredible yeah. successfully successful rollout of his now announced campaign for presidency that that no one saw coming he is officially running everyone get excited for the ron desantis 2024 campaign uh he's got a the steep hill to climb, I think. <laughs> but yeah, actually, like an hour before we started recording this, he uh, officially announced his campaign uh, in a Twitter space, right? That's what that's yeah. called? Yep. 
Never been in one. <laughs> no, I've never ever clicked on that. <laughs> <laughs> the hill is especially high for him to, or steep for him to climb, mm-hmm. right? Because he's he's a short king. Yeah, yeah. He's. I think he's just slightly taller than me. If uh, <laughs> Trump said he was five seven, I think that was a real Trump post. Um, you know, I'm reliant on the the Truth Social reporters. Yeah, <laughs> on the on the ground uh, <laughs> reporting to the rest of us. Uh, uh, yeah, was, I mean, obviously, I wasn't watching the Twitter space that he was in, but it seemed like it was a technical mess. Yeah, I just watched that video that you posted where he called himself Ron DeSantis. Yeah, his uh his announcement uh like his first uh campaign ad. He pronounces his name like he doesn't know how to say it. <laughs> like his first name is Rondi or it's like Ron yeah. D Santis. Well, it sounds like Rondi <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I could just play it. Have you seen it, Stella? Absolutely not. Yeah, okay. I don't know if he really used any more specifics than uh, Rita Hart did. I don't, I don't think there's... Uh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much just, uh, you know, America good, president bad, I alone <laughs> yeah. can fix it. <laughs> that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, that kind of shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here, I'll show you. This is fresh material. I mean, it's kind of good that we don't have uh, competent writers on this week because there's no way they could have written something fast enough for this one. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Our border is a disaster. Crime infests our cities. The federal government makes it harder for families to make ends meet, and the president flounders. But decline <laughs> is a choice. Success is attainable, and freedom is worth fighting for. Writing the ship requires restoring sanity to our society, normalcy to our communities, yeah, and integrity <laughs> to our institutions. Truth must be our foundation, and common sense can no longer be an uncommon virtue. In Florida, (laughs) we prove that it can be done. We chose facts over fear, education over indoctrination, law and order over rioting and disorder. We held the line when freedom hung in the balance. We showed that we can and must revitalize America. We need the courage to lead and the strength to win. I'm Ron DeSantis, and I'm running for president to lead our great American comeback. Mm, so American comeback name, instead of America, make America great again. That's an interesting twist. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of writers, that what he's saying there is so overwritten. Just yeah. like all that wordplay yeah. shit. Like, it's like Buttigieg-esque. So... You know what that, it reminds me of uh, those videos that like people, uh, pay to make like where they have some like announcer guy like read whatever script they want uh it sounds like exactly <laughs> like that guy i don't know there's one guy who's in like a bunch of them uh there was one that was uh i think commissioned by uh low tax kayanka <laughs> rest in peace rest in piss oh this uh like the old uh style project video I don't know. It's there's just a, it's a really else. short clip where it's just the guy and like I said, I've seen that guy in a million videos. But he's like, I am the worst guy. I hate myself a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, put that throw that one on there. I am the worst guy. I hate myself a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me it doesn't sound like Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. 
Yeah, so you heard how he said his name there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rondy. Everyone I've ever heard say that name says Ron DeSantis. Yes. And he's, he's like Ron DeSantis. <laughs> the, the long E sound. Ron DeSantis. He comes across as very inhuman. Yeah. Do you think the inclusion of flounders is a nod to the people who are upset about the um, mm. Disney live action remake of The Little Mermaid? <laughs> Absolutely. It's got to be. Yeah, that's Because not... that's his whole bag. Yeah. He, he hates Disney. That fish? <laughs> he, he hates Disney. Uh, he, yeah. he knows it's a hot button cultural issue because I was reminded yep. the other day that people are mad that the new Little Mermaid is black. Like, I remember that was like yeah. a controversy like a year ago. And I was like, oh, uh, right. When they first announced it, yeah. People are still mad about that. That's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> well, the movie is coming out soon, I think. So it just kind yeah. of flared up again. Or maybe it's out already. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, don't uh, know. I will say, I have no issue with with the black Ariel, but uh, the flounder images that I've seen from that new yeah. movie that do look pretty bad. So. Yeah, a little unsettling. Fish shouldn't have like human eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. People are really hard on it. I. <laughs> Oh, that was cute. So um, I asked ChatGPT to write me a joke about Ron DeSantis running for president and being from Florida. And uh, <laughs> here's what ChatGPT came up with. Great. Striking so this could be our new writers. writer. Yeah. 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 They're quaking in their boots. <laughs> Why did Ron DeSantis consider running for president despite being from Florida, which some people think is a bit shitty? Is that shitty? Yeah, well, I included that in the prompt. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, why? Because he figured if he can handle the endless flow of alligators and hurricanes, he can definitely handle the swamp in Washington, D.C. Do you wow. know about love bugs? Florida love bugs? <laughs> like the cars? Oh, like a, like a bug, like a Volkswagen bug? Yeah, is that no, what you mean? No, no those like the a... <laughs> uh, kissing bugs, like the Chagas bugs that like carry yes. like a deadly plague. Oh, okay. Well, they so um, they're these like genetically engineered bugs that um, they released in Florida. I'm trying to remember why they had some purpose. Like they were going to eat some other kind of of nuisance creature. But instead of doing that, once they released this invasive species in Florida, these bugs just started fucking and, like, reproducing like crazy. And not only that, when you're driving your car and you hit them, their, I don't know, their goo is, like, extremely <laughs> corrosive and it, like, takes off the paint on your car. <laughs> so it's, like, a real problem in Florida. All these love bugs are just, like, not killing the bug that they're supposed to they're just um out here destroying like paint on vehicles wasn't that like a simpsons thing maybe in the australia episode like invasive species that are like brought in to kill each other yeah yeah there are some famous instances of that happening throughout history where an invasive species is introduced and then it causes all these unforeseen problems to the ecosystem and then they have to release uh, another creature to kill that creature and so mm -hmm. on and so forth escalating animal invasions yes <laughs> and 
until eventually, I mean, we're at the top of the food chain. We got to take care of it ourselves. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Ron DeSantis running for president. Uh, all the polls that I've seen, which I don't know how reliable polling is at this point, show him like 30 to 50 points behind Donald Trump. Trump has all the advantages right now, as far as I can tell, in the Republican primary. But uh, I also just saw a tweet from Keenan Crow uh, of one Iowa who believes that DeSantis actually has a better chance than a lot of us are thinking right now, especially in Iowa. I guess he's appealing to the evangelical crowd, which mm. has been a winning method in Iowa before, but not nationally. Yeah, I think a lot of conservatives like his abhorrent stuff that he does and sure. believes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he is an evil man. Uh, he's in the sort of like competition uh, to be the worst governor, the most uh, yeah. evil governor. Him in Texas. Uh, what's, who's the governor of Texas? Abbott. Yeah. 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 Abbott. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, DeSantis has like an especially evil flair. Yeah, I, I think like. it, it seems like he does like very outrageous things regularly because he wants the news buzz because he wants to be president oh yeah no he's all about just like triggering the libs uh that's like his Mm. entire campaign that's like his entire governorship of florida is just yeah yeah just hammering on the hot button issues of the day that are riling up conservatives Mm -hmm. it's hard to see that playing out without like successfully for him without him like transforming into Donald Trump spontaneously um, during one of his campaign events, which I don't, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Seems like that will be a difficult thing to pull off. Uh, And he's just like a little wiener. Like he, (laughs) 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 like you heard his voice a minute ago, like, "Eh, no, yeah. (laughs) But I also, I honestly, like I've always felt the same about Trump, like the way that he talks and the way that he acts is also, he's, just a little wiener but but he's entertaining desantis isn't entertaining right yeah there's no reason to like watch ron ron desantis like (laughs) trump is like (laughs) you can't look away from him can't yeah it's like car accident he just demands (laughs) the attention ron desantis is like please pay attention to me Right, exactly. Like, Trump, like, effortlessly has all this attention. Because he spent, like, his lifetime, you know, building up, like, a media presence. But Ron is just so desperate for the attention. Yeah. Rondi needs it. And the desperation is real off-putting. Uh, I thought we could maybe look at this article here from the New York Times. Because uh, Rondi visited our state, uh, I think it was last week. Um, yeah, May 14th is when they published this. Uh, this is by Nicholas Nehamas and uh, Maggie Haberman, everyone's favorite New York Times reporter, Maggie mm-hmm. Haberman. Yeah. Having a panic attack off of a uh, weed brownie, Maggie Haberman. <laughs> <laughs> we need to ban it all because I had a panic attack because I took way more than I was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous. Uh, so they write about DeSantis's visit to Iowa. DeSantis impresses in Iowa, showing up an absent Trump. Uh, so Trump was supposed to have a rally in Des Moines, which he canceled uh, because he was he was afraid of a little thunderstorm. <laughs> Come on, how can you be president again, serving a second unconsecutive term, if you can't even <laughs> handle a little rain? 
So this was like uh, Rondi's, uh, this was his window, you know, I can show up Trump. Trump didn't even show up. So I'm, I'm the king of Iowa today. (laughs) (laughs) And this is this is the New York Times uh, reporting on that. For the first time in months, Governor Ron DeSantis, sorry, Governor Ron DeSantis on Saturday showed the aggressive political instincts that his allies have long insisted he would demonstrate in a contest against former President Donald Trump. So all it took was uh, Donald Trump not being present, you know. So if he's not around, Ron D is capable of uh, being a little more forceful in his campaigning. <laughs> It's like when you win by the other team's forfeiture. Right, right. <laughs> See, he can win. He does have a path forward. <laughs> uh, after headlining two successful political events in Iowa, Mr. DeSantis made an unscheduled stop in Des Moines, a move aimed at highlighting the fact that Mr. Trump had abruptly postponed a planned Saturday evening rally in the area because of reports of possible severe weather. Uh, seems like they're connecting the dots for him there. I don't know if he actually said anything about that. Oh, okay, okay. It says that DeSantis' allies said that the weather was beautiful, and this was uh, (laughs) (laughs) interpreted as an attack on Donald Trump. Uh, Mr. DeSantis essentially kicked sand in the former president's face by coming to an area that Mr. Trump claimed to have been told was too dangerous for him to visit. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It was like fucking Fallujah. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be feeling this one. He'll be spitting sand out of his mouth for days after the walloping he received from Mr. DeSantis. Uh, after wrapping up his events on Saturday evening elsewhere in the state, Mr. DeSantis headed to Jethro's Barbecue Southside. Uh, That's the <laughs> most Ron DeSantis place that he could go in the entire Des Moines metro. Yeah. Jethro's, of course, uh, listen back to the episode we did with Aaron Calvin uh, two and a half years ago to learn more about <laughs> Jethro's and its uh, owners. Uh, he and his wife, Casey DeSantis, stood on a table outside and spoke to a cheering crowd. Uh, I believe I referred to this as Beto mode on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. He's bringing back standing on the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Casey's like beautiful, though. Yeah, Why that's right. Is he's... she with this guy? <laughs> he's powerful. It's the only reason that people date each other, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I <laughs> wish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish Natalie was on the episode so that we could talk about Casey DeSantis. So this is the first time that I've be- I'm becoming aware of her. She likes a cape. She likes her hair is long. She's wearing a cape. Yeah, like a dress with a cape. Huh. Like one. It- That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> She's beautiful. I want her to stomp on me. She does that thing with her <laughs> hair where she like combs up the bangs really high. Wait, so like like this? Yeah, we're going like... to have to... Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to trust <laughs> you on that Sorry for one. the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> like it's slicked back? Like yeah, a but vampire? Like, but like puffy in the front. Okay, like, so there's like a big bump. Yeah, like a big bump. Like a bump it. But I don't think she's wearing a bump it. Okay. She would never. She's but it's natural. She's yeah. too classy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't... Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've read like a profile of her before. Um possibly from a wealthy family or something. I don't remember. Yeah. Let me just read for you this uh, 
this just like killer quote from DeSantis they got here. You know, this is why it's such a big deal that he came out to Iowa and why he's take he's taking the offensive against Trump. Uh, he's saying stuff like this. My better half and I have been able to be all over Iowa today, but before we went back to Florida, we wanted to come by and say hi to the people of Des Moines, a grinning Mr. DeSantis said. So thank you all for coming out. It's a beautiful night. It's been a great day for us. <laughs> Evangelicals I, just straight to the throat there. <laughs> eat it up when you call your spouse your better half. I fucking like... hate that. That like grosses me out because you know when, when people say that, they definitely don't mean it. Like they definitely don't mean right. it. And they say this is my oh, better for half. Joke, yeah. Yeah. It's fake humble. Yeah, take my which life, is the worst please. worst thing you can be. They met each other at or they got married at Walt Disney World. Oh, which boy. <laughs> is, I quote, kind of ironic, according to Governor DeSantis. Is that what ironic it's kind means? of ironic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, his battle with Disney is also pathetic. Uh, here's another quote from, from somebody. Um, this is from Terry Sullivan, who managed the 2016 presidential campaign of Senator Marco Rubio of Florida. So this is a guy who knows what he's talking about. Uh, if someone's punching you in the face, you better punch them back. And he's clearly, uh, Mr. DeSantis is doing that. He's punching back <laughs> by standing on a table at a barbecue it's a restaurant. Day. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. <laughs> it's really going to cut Zip it deep. Zippity-doo-dah, everybody. <laughs> oh, that's a little ironic. Yeah. He only likes the... Uh, the band Disney yeah. films. <laughs> <laughs> what else can I pull from this? Okay, this is uh, something that DeSantis said in Cedar Rapids, our favorite city in Iowa. Uh, if we make this election about a referendum on Joe Biden and his failed policies, and we provide a positive alternative to take America in a new direction, I think Republicans will win across the board. Hmm. I mean, was that not 2022? Was that... Not a referendum on Joe Biden? Yeah. <laughs> or was it a referendum on, like, uh, should trans people be allowed to exist? That was a big component, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the uh, the abortion thing might have been... That yeah, was, of course, a big part. One yeah. Of, yeah, the bigger factors. But yeah, it turns out, like, people don't really like Republicans, but they don't really like Democrats either. <laughs> it's like, it turns yeah, out everyone, a... most people kind of are kind of sick of all this shit. That's what I get. Yeah, and that may least. not be a novel observation, but like that is that does seem to be where we're at. Like, who do I hate less, or do I bother to vote at all? I like that high schooler yeah, that Stella begged like to that. vote. <laughs> and now I've kind of come around to uh, their way of thinking. <laughs> yep, yep. Very prescient. I uh, would like to apologize to Maggie Haberman. Uh, it was actually Maureen Dowd who had the marijuana uh, edible freakout. Oh. It must That's have been, right. mm-hmm. it's because I didn't have a script and I was, again, just <laughs> half remembering things and confidently Yeah, sorry, them. everybody. Like, you know, hopefully the strike will get wrapped up soon or we can, like, force better writers to come back and work for us. But please, yeah, bear with us as we try to get through this period. Um, Here's a, let's see, Amy Seeger. This is, a, I think, just a standard Republican voter who they, they interviewed for this piece. It says Amy traveled from Milwaukee to see uh, Ron DeSantis speak 
in Sioux Center. That is a long way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Where is Sioux Center? I don't don't even fucking know. I'm sure it's not close to Milwaukee. I can say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But Amy Seeger said, uh, I would vote for a shoe over Trump. It's time to move forward. Trump is very wrapped up in 2020 and playing the victim. So, uh, you know, I would agree with that. Uh, when, when I went and saw Trump speak in Des Moines last time he was in our state, uh, it was just like two hours of complaining about the 2020 (laughs) election. And it did seem to turn off some people in the crowd. People got bored and left. Um, but I'm not sure that the majority of the Republican electorate is on the same page as Amy Seeger. Did you see where uh, Sioux Center is? Yeah, it's uh, northwest. Um, pretty yeah, close so to really like, Sioux to Falls. Go. Yeah. From Milwaukee. Yeah. What about you, Stella and Evan? Do you think you would vote for a shoe over Donald Trump? Huh. That's a tough one. How is a shoe like nicely <laughs> polished? Like, is it like a nice leather right, shoe with like enough. oil? Um, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, an I like a nice shoe, oiled a nice leather shoe. shoe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So you are voting Republicans for the Republicans with fossil fuels. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would never vote for Donald Trump. I would vote for the shoe every time. Is that what the Democratic Party is running? Honestly, probably better than some of the candidates they've <laughs> Honestly, floated. it might be better than Biden. Shoes don't die. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean they kind of can. But yeah. you can wear out a shoe, but yeah. uh, not if you, you can't keep it oiled. Joe Biden. Not if you oil yeah. it. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Biden Joe Biden never goes down. Keep up with the maintenance. <laughs> okay, all right. Does it depend on the type of shoe? Would you vote for like like a cowboy boot or like a loafer or sneaker, you know? I think the h- higher the top, the better Yeah. when it comes to well, uh, shoe candidates. I don't know. Penny loafers, kind of kind of casual, but also pretty classy. So kind of like... Maybe elitist, kinda... though? Like... Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess cowboy like boot, boot is... shoe. A lot no more, chance uh... would I vote for a boat shoe. I feel like every Republican candidate would be represented by cowboy boots, uh, regardless of whether that actually fit their personality, just because it's kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, the shoes the cowboys wear. What about a croc? Mm. (laughs) That's a tough one. Uh, Crocs are coming back. Everyone loves crocs now. they, They have gained a lot of mainstream acceptance, it seems. Yeah, they're comfy. I mean, I I think a I don't know if I would vote for a croc, but I do think a croc could beat Trump. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah, they could. Yeah, I think it could, too. <laughs> I bet the, uh, I bet a croc, if you polled the entire country, I bet you a croc would win by 10, 10 points. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. In a head-to-head election, do you support the croc or do you support Donald J. Trump? <laughs> if the election was held today... Would you vote for? <laughs> I'll get our polling firm on that. Uh, they fortunately are not on strike. They are doing their jobs. So, uh, listeners, you should receive a text soon from a weird number asking you questions about your shoes uh, very soon. 
we were talking about uh, Casey DeSantis uh, a minute ago. They did quote her in this piece as well. Uh, this is at uh, this is also in Cedar Rapids. She said this: "When he gets home, don't think for a second that he goes and goes right to bed. I hand three small kids over to him, and I go to bed." <laughs> wow! <laughs> Modern gentleman. So do you? I wonder what Do you she think gets? this would be a plus or a minus in terms of his right. electability in a Republican primary. Let's let's ask his kids who they who do they prefer being their primary caretaker. <laughs> to see if we can get a Ted Cruz uh, trying to kiss his daughter moment out of Rondi. Yeah, <laughs> she goes to bed at like five fifteen. Like right. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine this guy's pulling late nights at the office. Uh, well, according to uh, the New York Times, though, this moment did resonate with the crowd. They pulled a quote from Bob Carlson, a physician from Muscatine, and he said, There was a tender side to him, a family side, that I didn't really have an appreciation for. Wait. <laughs> uh, I guess they mean prior Before, to this event. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really appreciate that. I no, didn't I really. Said, I said, I don't "Fuck like them, that. kids." <laughs> That's a, a thumbs down from from me. I promise I didn't misread that. By the way, it says I didn't really have an appreciation for. Her. <laughs> oh, oh! They got a quote from Steve Dace here. Oh That's, man. Uh, yeah, one of Gavin's enemies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're all outside on a nice night, the influential podcast host Steve Dace wrote on Twitter from the scene of Mr. DeSantis's barbecue victory lap. <laughs> uh, pretty big crowd, too. No severe weather in sight. Planes landing and taking off as scheduled. <laughs> so I guess Dace is on the DeSantis uh, train. It would have been great if he just like kept talking about things that were like, Weather balloons. No problem. <laughs> Kites flying through the air, unscathed. My drone's floating above the crowd right now, yeah. filming everyone. Zero fear of tornadoes. Fly that drone in any weather. I mean, I honestly, like, you should be weather aware. I think this is a little bit irresponsible of the mainstream media. That's right. There is at least one person who is like, you know, Trump, you know, the whole January 6th thing really kind of turned me off. But then I found out that, that his main competitor uh, isn't taking the weather seriously enough. Uh, <laughs> so I got to go with Trump this time. <laughs> yeah, this is a man who respects nature. <laughs> and that'll play well in Iowa because we are, we obey nature <laughs> we respect the tornado yeah. warning stewards no, we of don't. the that's land not true at all. <laughs> yeah unless there's one on the ground heading directly towards your house <laughs> it's the same as a severe thunderstorm warning which means you don't do anything mm -hmm. if ever there were a people that responsibly cared for the natural world around us this natural bounty it would be Iowans. Go listen to our <laughs> episode with Dr. Chris Jones. <laughs> yeah, to learn more about uh, Iowa's uh, environmental policies. <laughs> yeah, I did. He's actually my dad. Kind of like Rita Hart's uh, <laughs> Stella's dad. 
Mom, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we don't really need the writers, because that was kind of one of their main things, was just riffing on people's last names. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems like we've we've got a handle on that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, and then they sort of end the article saying DeSantis is kind of courting support from the uh, social conservatives, the evangelicals of Iowa, um, including uh, Bob Vanderplatz, I guess, has been very supportive of DeSantis. So, yeah, he may be another Rick Santorum, Mike Huckabee, one of those guys who wins the Iowa caucus and then fails everywhere else. Yeah, that's, yeah, that actually, yeah, Keenan might be onto something there. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, yeah, that happened at all. Yeah, wouldn't be the first time. Um, but, yeah, I am looking forward to the... Uh, the Republican caucuses here in Iowa, we're going to get just a circus of freaks at the state fair. Probably I'm going to try to make a checklist and catch all of them yeah. that week. Yeah. Can we Look, looking forward I to think that. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Can we register as Republicans to attend the Republican caucus oh. and participate? You certainly then... can. Yeah. You can register on we site. Sure <laughs> well, I mean, you can register as a Republican on site. I don't think yeah. you can do on site registration anymore, but yeah, uh, that's been a whole thing. That was, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they're aware of that. And I think they're trying to prevent it from happening. <laughs> <laughs> so if you plan on doing that, register as a Republican very soon. <laughs> yeah. I think that might've right? been, so, like, there is that bill that they uh, proposed in the Iowa State House to prevent mail-in votes for uh, caucuses, and I saw some right. speculation. Well, I mean, people were obviously first were like, yeah, they're just trying to f- fuck with the Democrats, which is mm-hmm. definitely a motivating factor, I'm sure. But I think part of it, mm-hmm. it made sense to me that they were also trying to prevent people from meddling in their primary, because it would be, mm-hmm. I mean... How many people are really going to show up in person? To, like, I, I don't know. Uh, I would be, I would be a little scared to go to a Republican caucus <laughs> and be in the same room with those people. But, but, but male, you know. <laughs> well, it is a little different. But you, you know that I went to the Republican caucus in uh, two thousand eight, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably big a Ron bit, Paul supporter, right? A bit scarier now. No, I did not vote for Ron Paul. Well, maybe I did. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't there like with any. <laughs> I, much like that high schooler Stella talked to, I went there for extra credit, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. I, like, I'm pretty sure I voted for Mitt Romney in one one yeah. phase of that caucus, but I don't think I voted for Ron Paul. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Oh. <laughs> But um, at that point, that was it was a very chill atmosphere. Like they all just sat down and wrote down their choices on a piece of paper. Much less crazy than a Democratic caucus. But at this point, who knows? You know, being in a room full of those people. Yeah, I would like to see. There's going to be maybe some some uh, fights <laughs> that might happen. <laughs> maybe we'll make the Republican caucuses as crazy as the Democratic caucuses this year. I think that's a good goal. It is a good goal. Yeah, let's aim for that. So I would like Depends who's running. all of our listeners, please register as Republicans as soon as you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Much like the last caucus um, in 2020, we would like to hear your wildest stories. So please do register as a Republican and attend and... We're not saying you have to start shit, but if you do, it'll make a more entertaining story. So if it seems too right. calm, you know, 
this is your call to action for good podcasting yeah. content because we don't have writers anymore. Yeah. Well, hopefully by then they'll be back, but you know, maybe not. But uh, speaking of crazy Democrat uh, caucuses, do you guys know who the most dangerous Democrat in Iowa is? <laughs> I think it's the uh, one and only, only elected statewide Democrat. It's kind of by default. He's automatically the most dangerous <laughs> the most of Democrat in yeah. Iowa. Yeah, it's not a very stiff competition. I mean, I don't know. I've been hearing a lot of good things about Croc. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Rob Sand had uh, a profile in The Atlantic recently written by Elaine Godfrey, who I'm pretty sure has a history in Iowa media. I don't remember why I follow her on Twitter, but I do. So I think she used to be a news person here. Uh, yeah, she wrote this piece about Rob, which is like really a very fun read, much better than the New York Times piece, The Bow Hunting Influencer of Iowa Democrats from a few years ago which is a, a classic in the Rob Sand right. uh, literature. <laughs> <laughs> in the canon. Yeah. So I did, I did just ask ChatGPT, <laughs> what's the deal with Rob Sand? Is he dangerous? Mm -hmm. And ChatGPT had a pretty good joke. Rob Sand, more like Rob, slightly gritty. Oh. Is that like, <laughs> oh, gritty, like the hockey mascot? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> And then it goes on to say, but in all seriousness, Rob Sand is a real person and a Democrat <laughs> no who way. served as the state <laughs> wow. auditor of Iowa. Fucking woke-ass chat GPT yeah. has to be like, oh, he's a person. He's Come a on, real he's person. Real. <laughs> I don't know. Jerry's still out. This is um, the least I have ever believed that he's a real person now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got the AI like insisting he's a real person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very fishy. Um, it goes on to say, it would be unfair and misleading to label someone as dangerous based solely on their political affiliation or their role in public office. It's always a good idea to research and gather information from reliable sources to form an informed opinion about a public figure. Yes, yeah, sounds like something that somebody who doesn't know anything about Rob Sand. Yeah, Rob's slightly gritty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob Sand is the lowest grit sandpaper that you can buy. <laughs> it's, he's he might as well be might as well be just like a, a sponge <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> might as well be a microfiber cloth but uh yeah what i really liked about this article is how it acknowledges explicitly acknowledges that the shit that rob is doing now is with the goal of reaching higher office at some point like it it acknowledges his career aspirations and uh more importantly acknowledges how he funds his campaigns which i believe right. is this the first time this has been in the media uh it's been on blogs like tiny ass blogs for sure if you don't um, count us I, i'm media, sure it has been which of course we're not right we're not no <laughs> no i've seen it mentioned in a couple blogs i'm sure it's been mentioned elsewhere i'm pretty sure laura bellin has mentioned it on bleeding heartland um okay. but yeah the new york times article which is hilarious it it did not touch on that at all did not touch on yeah i mean rob sand became state auditor because of his parent-in-law's money like that's pretty much 
the facts. <laughs> like yeah, this- he would not have been nearly as successful without that uh, nice little lift up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy that so many articles are just like, oh yeah, it's his personality. It's really just that <laughs> his, he's he's somehow threaded the needle where he's he's appealing to Republicans and Democrats. Wow, like, yeah, yeah. come on. The thread is made of cash. <laughs> <laughs> this is how Elaine Godfrey reported on it. Uh, Sand's wife, Christine, the CEO of an agri-science business, comes from a wealthy family. Her relatives have provided much of the funding for his campaigns. Uh, so that's, you know, the first time I've seen anyone really, like, point that out. Yeah. His wife is the CEO of an agri-science business, and his, her parents fund his political campaigns. <laughs> yeah. It would be a little better if they used their name, but... Yeah, it's Moritzons. true. Because anyone in Iowa, well, anyone in central Iowa is probably going to have heard that name before. Yeah. Might put some dots together. There's another really fun uh, little tidbit about his wife's family. Uh, Sand can sometimes sound self-righteous. First off, agree or disagree? Do you, can he... <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> uh, but it goes on. His yes. wife's brothers referred to him as Baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of like him just like going to Thanksgiving with all of them and they just like fucking dunk on him the whole time. They're just roasting him. And I mean, how much worse could it be? Like he's basically employed by his in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh he did a tweet about this article and he screenshotted some very selective uh excerpts. <laughs> Not the parts that right. talk about his his appearance like this. Um, the auditor is 40, but looks 20. He's lanky, with eyes that crinkle at the corners and a big forehead. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little brutal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can be a lot meaner, but uh, for a piece in the Atlantic, uh, it's a little more than I'd expect. <laughs> Next time you see Rob Sand in public, he's gonna have fucking Botox. Like he's gonna be those wrinkles are gonna be taken care of. <laughs> also talks about his fashion modeling. Uh yeah, like my favorite part is the quote from his friend. Um Is that the anonymous ordered one? anonymously? Yeah. yeah. So this is an anonymous friend of Rob's. He's kind of a square, and he can come across as a little bit arrogant. A personal friend of Sands who asked for anonymity to speak more candidly <laughs> told me. That's what his friend said. <laughs> I'll say this, but you cannot say that I said it. <laughs> this cannot be traced to me. Right. <laughs> he's my friend, but he's an arrogant prick. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what his enemies think of him, right? Yeah. Like, that's literally, I mean, if he does run for governor, that's going to be, I mean, he's going to be attacked as an out-of-touch elitist, and obviously he's been trying to spend his entire political career downplaying that narrative. Is it going to be enough? I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't really look at Rob Sand and think, oh yeah, that's a really authentic person. Like, And that's kind of like what a lot of people are looking for, like regardless of even political affiliation i don't know yeah we'll yeah. see uh godfrey calls him part pete Buttigieg, part youth pastor <laughs> <laughs> which uh does not sound good to me depends on who uh what your opinion of pete Buttigieg is 
Uh, but then the piece also uh, writes about that uh, bill that the legislature passed that would uh, severely limit the uh, authority of the auditor's office. And it, it covers it in a, a very adequate way, I think. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that is incredible bullshit. Um, hmm. I'm going to support Rob Sand on that one. It it's is obviously bad. political fuckery. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how much uh, progress or, you know, what he's going to be able to do about it other than apparently uh, show up in small towns in Iowa and uh, ask ask the Republicans that he's speaking to to email Kim Reynolds and tell her uh, not to sign the bill. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) we'll see how that works, but um, not, not real optimistic. Yeah. That's a tough one. And uh, I mean, she confronts that directly in this article because she went to a couple of these small town events with him where he was telling people what, what's in the bill, like why this is bad. Uh, when we got back in the truck, I asked Sand what the point of all of it was. Of course, Reynolds would sign the bill. Uh, was he possibly that naive? And then it quotes him. And this, I think, was, I think he wrote this and planned it and practiced it before he said it to the reporter. <laughs> Even if it's finished and the bill is done, this is really fucking important, Sand said. <laughs> he said fuck. Oh my God. He said the fuck word. He's going Man. Beto mode. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's, yeah, he's he's a Beto boy for sure. He, yeah, I mean, there's there's some some similarities. Another of Sans' friends uh, called Rob the Luke Skywalker of the Iowa Democrats. And then uh, Elaine Godfrey goes on to say, the Iowa Democrats Luke Skywalker drives a white Ford F one fifty pickup because, of course, he does. <laughs> a little bit of snark there <laughs> it goes on about his uh hunting as well right yeah there is yeah. something about the hunting of course that's a very important his, thing for yeah him. she's like unsettling very office by, yeah, yeah. His taxidermy <laughs> <laughs> yeah let me read this part sand is a democrat but he is a democrat who hunts Bow hunting may be a genuine passion, but it's also part of the myth he's built up around himself. So good, acknowledging that he's uh, building a myth up around himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all we really wanted to see. It was just someone who's like, points out the extremely obvious things about Rob Sand that we've been talking about for fucking years. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Really good piece here. Let me ask you this, though. You know, uh, that description, like the physical description of him that I read... Um, well, first off, the auditor is 40, but looks 20. What do you think? I don't know. When he was 20, though, he was, he had like that very androgynous, like, I mean, he was a model. Right. So I I don't know. He definitely looks 40, though. (laughs) (laughs) Now. (laughs) See, someone who looks 20, but is actually 40, that's definitely a sign that they're a reptilian shapeshifter. So... (laughs) I I think that I mean, that probably explains it better than anything. <laughs> and then uh, part of it that I hadn't read yet, uh, she also calls him good-looking in an impish way. <laughs> different strokes for... Yeah, he, I wonder how mad he was <laughs> Some, reading like this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he must Some have been. Some people are attracted to imps. Like, and it's, it's like, <laughs> she read me like a fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's the first time his folksy charm has not uh, put a spell on a member of the uh, media. <laughs> he likes keep sending her his modeling photos. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he feels kind of weird about the modeling thing. I don't think he wants that to. Yeah, I think we're going to be seeing more of that in line with what I said about him being attacked for being an out-of-touch elitist. I think mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if that modeling picture uh, started appearing on Iowa TV screens in the next uh, several <laughs> years. That's a good bet. There is already that weird Twitter account that is... Uh, <laughs> it has one of his <laughs> modeling pictures as the profile pic. And I have never quite understood what angle they're coming from. But yeah, I don't. Right yeah, I've way. seen that account too. I'm not really sure what you're doing, but yeah, yeah. You know who knows his angles? Yeah, Rob Sand, former model. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to move on to some voicemails? We have three this week. Week? Sure. <laughs> we don't release this weekly. We have three <laughs> yeah. this episode. <laughs> All right. Here's our first voicemail of the day. Uh, if you would like to call the show and leave your own kind of voicemail the number is 319-849-8733 we would love to hear from you hi um i work in a liquor store and there is a naked man here screaming and pouring smirnoff ice red white and berry all over himself um oh fuck (laughs) stop (laughs) god damn it and he's, oh shit, he's throwing bottles, and uh, he looks a lot like Chandis Nipper. Oh, Chandis Nipper. Um, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's scary and funny. I oh. have a lot of feelings for right now. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, so if you could send somebody... Oh, that would be great. Like I said, he looks like Chandis uh, Nipper, who is suspected in the murder. Oh, oh fuck of Brockhampton. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait. Chandis is suspected in the murder of Brockhampton. Okay, so last episode, um, we got a call of someone mumbling, and then a call from someone named Brockhampton who said that the previous caller was someone named Chandis. Yeah. And Brockhampton said they did what needed to be done to take care of Chandis, I think. I'm trying to just piece this together. There's like a weird family. Like all of them seem to call us at various times. Um, Very (laughs) Tolstoy-esque. A lot of characters to keep track of. Very complicated names. (laughs) Yeah. Where's Trunt in all this? Just continuing to serve Trunt? <laughs> I don't know if we've heard from him. Have we? We heard from... Oh, no, no. Tr- tr- we heard from Trab. Trab, that's his name. Trab. Yeah, we've heard from him a lot. Uh, it's been a bit since we heard from him. Anyway, um, in between episodes, uh, I received word that Chandis had gone missing and I put up our phone number as like a hotline for if anyone had seen Chandis. So I believe that's what that call was about. Um, they encountered Chandis at a liquor store and called to let us know. Uh, and that call is from 12 days ago. So uh, I will send someone to the liquor store to check it out <laughs> as soon as we're done recording now. 
Right. <laughs> Gotta address the smeared off ice situation immediately. That's not a good yep. not a good thing for the other customers. Now that we've been informed, we will be taking uh, swift action on this call. <laughs> Here is voicemail number two. Привету. У меня есть информация о проклятом Нипор. Он не вещистая, что не прошло. Тиминю версетку тропкое отношение прошло. Зина портлита мне увидеть то точно мой пинус. I do not very good man. Is that very good man? Is that what he said at the end? That's what, that's all I got. Okay. Oh, a nipper. I heard nipper. Yeah, yeah. So this. If you, uh, as a listener, um, understand whatever language that was and could translate for us, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> I believe that Vladimir Zelensky has enough on his plate. He does not need to be dragged into this these nipper shenanigans. But he does listen, so he could translate for us. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's a faithful listener. <laughs> uh, the Google Voice transcript for that voicemail says, Romania Houston University. <laughs> That's all they caught. So, so yeah, possibly uh, an admissions uh, university college recruiter. Um, sorry, we're all too old for that. Maybe he's getting ready for your son, Stella, to <laughs> apply for colleges. <laughs> I'll help him out when, it, when oh, the time shit, comes. Oh, shit, where's my son? You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's applying to Romania Houston University, Stella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but the way, you know, his teething and sitting up and everything are going, he better apply to a state school. That's all I'll say. <laughs> right. <laughs> Romania Houston University offers two and four year degrees in the following programs. Ukrainian listening. Liquor store clerk studies. Um all right, I got one more uh, voicemail here. This is from uh, an old friend of ours. Hello, Rock Carters. It's me again, your favorite auditor. That's right, it's Baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking with you guys. Now, I mean it. I stopped considering myself the second coming of Christ a long time ago. Don't worry. <laughs> I was just referencing the piece about me in the Atlantic. It was wonderful. I like to think it was my earlier appearance on your wonderful trend-setting podcast <laughs> that put me on the national stage. I call it the rock-hard bomb. <laughs> Hope that made you fall. You know, I prefer I not to be in such a prominent public role, as you know. I'm just a down-home, all-shucks type of guy who just happened to find himself on the catwalks of Venice and Milan. Humility <laughs> is my strong suit and my best quality. Well, I'm off for now. I have a plate of Casey's cheese pizza and a gallon of whole milk away. Doodles! <laughs> uh, thanks so much, Rob. What a what a coincidence yeah. that, that that article comes out and he happens to yeah. call in the same episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're all going to wake up in the woods and he's going to hunt us for sport and then he's going <laughs> to hang our heads in his office. 
It's right. always good to hear. And I from regret him. saying that fake humility is the worst quality a politician can have. <laughs> <laughs> now that I, I remembered that Rob Sand is a uh, big, big uh, fan of our podcast and has appeared here before. Yeah, yeah, and of course has benefited from the rock hard bump, as have we all. And all of our guests always uh, appreciate the effects of the rock hard bump following their appearances. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to perhaps uh, achieve a rock hard bump of your own, you may call us at 319-849-8733. And a uh, new addition to the methods of contact for the Rock Hard Caucus podcast, P.O. Box 5336 in Coralville, Iowa, zip code 52241. That's P.O. Box 5336 in Coralville, Iowa, 52241. You can send physical mail to us. Uh, this is a byproduct of the copyright battles we have waged over the last couple of months. We now have a P.O. box for the next year. So let's take advantage of it. Uh, send us, you know, put some ground beef in an envelope or something. I don't know. Send us send something. <laughs> Make this worth no, my time. No, don't do that. <laughs> Be nice to your mailman. Come on. <laughs> all right, all we right, don't right. condone that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to step in for once here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, no, no uh, biological products in the, yes, the envelope. Right. Put uh, just write us a handwritten letter, like old times. Send us love letters, romantic letters, <laughs> professing your <laughs> adoration for our rock hard bumps. <laughs> <laughs> How hard are those bumps? Rock solid <laughs> uh, and if you like our show and are looking for a way to hear more of it and perhaps exchange money to do so check out patreon.com slash caucus there's a bunch of stuff on there that is uh, a bit sillier even than what you hear on the main show um 20 something episodes of toxic feminine mystique that's our show for girls only uh, a bunch of strange book reviews, and uh, most importantly of all, uh, Tony and I are releasing a new episode of Speed Freak Read Speak this coming Monday, and you won't want to miss it. Patreon.com slash Rock Hard Caucus. <laughs> yeah, I've been told there's some interesting gender commentary in the next edition of Speed Freak. Yeah, not the one that's coming out on Monday, but the one after that, which we haven't recorded yet, uh, involves uh, the main female character of the series it's a deep exploration of her character and i'm sure we're gonna get a lot of uh cool interesting progressive uh takes on gender roles in that episode <laughs> uh but now it's time to go do you feel satisfied <laughs> with your uh podcast contributions tonight i know we had no writers so we had to do a little extra heavy lifting um how do you feel yeah. about it well as usual i expect um, Patton Oswalt will be punching up some of the jokes and you'll be making some edits in post-production to make us all come off a little smarter and better than we are. Yeah, there's a good I luck. I think there were a few sort of uh, like empty moments that were, that could be filled in with a little bit like, haha, yeah, right, kind of dialogue <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think if we added no. like... Bring back track. the Natalie, oh, right? Bring yes. back the Natalie yes. laugh track. Yes, 
You just got to get uh, Natalie in the recording studio and just have her record like various reactions to various <laughs> yeah. things. And then you build a sound library out of that. And uh, yeah, automatic podcast quality increase. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She does that. Rock a lot. Hard Caucus was filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of a live audience, uh, a band that I'm in called BCJ's Peas, we just released a live recording of a show we played last month, and that's what's going to play now as the show ends. A clip from that. So uh, enjoy this excerpt of Thanks, Mom, Live at the Creek by BCJ's Peas. And thanks for listening. And thank you, Evan and Stella, for. Uh, pulling way more than your weight today uh, as we are enduring this ugh, writer's strike. <laughs> was terrible.